Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this episode, we're looking at how Australia's miners are getting in on the act when it comes to battery metals used in electric vehicles. I'm joined by Merger Market's Christelle Tunnell, who's based in Sydney. Hi, Christelle. Hey, how are you? Good. Thank you for joining me today. So the electric vehicle market is growing exponentially. Let's start with looking at where Australia kind of fits in to the electric vehicle ownership picture. So when it comes to um, electric vehicles actually on the roads in Australia, um, pretty sadly, we're, we're very far behind other Western nations in this, um, as in a lot of other things as well. So, so far this year, the electric vehicle sales account for about one and a half percent of the total. Um, and this, this is well behind other uh, markets like the EU. I've seen um, different figures for the EU, but it's something like 15 or 18 percent there. And the reason behind or the problem is that the demand for electric vehicles globally outstrips supply. And um, the regulation supporting electric vehicles in Europe is really strict. So most of the electric vehicles available go to the EU and other markets that kind of have more regulation around this. Uh, We don't have our own car manufacturing here in Australia either, so we can't make our own electric vehicles. But Australia is really well known for its mining and its natural resources, which it has an abundance of. How does it fit into the picture of mining metals that are used in electric vehicle batteries and, and other parts of the car? Yeah, so the the mining sector in Australia remains really strong. We have countless companies here that are mining battery metals. So those are things like nickel, lithium, cobalt, manganese and graphite. Those would be the main battery commodities. So um, we have the supply chain where you have the mining companies that mine these battery metals and produce um, some kind of concentrate product. And then this is taken by chemical companies that make the concentrate into what's put into the batteries. And um, these are in turn needed by the automobile manufacturers to make electric cars. So we're hearing a lot of talk about up and downstream integration between these parts where M&A and joint ventures happen, between these different steps in the supply chain. Um, As a notable example, for example, Tesla has been looking at acquiring and partnering with nickel and lithium mining assets kind of around the world. And um, I've, I've personally interviewed several Australian mining companies recently that are looking to go downstream and become producers of battery um, metals, cathodes and batteries via, for example, mergers and acquisitions and joint ventures. So they try to find partners that are more downstream in the in the production chain and, and partnering with those. So um, the, the big theme is, is here is like su- securing supply. For example, in the Tesla example, they, they want to make sure that they have enough battery metals to actually make their cars. And how are the existing mining companies diversifying away from their core commodities through M&A and other corporate activity? Yeah, so the thing about mining companies is that they're so active in M&A. They're constantly doing deals. And uh, you might speak to a, a mining company at one time, and there might be a 
gold or iron ore or base metals miner. And then you speak to them again two or three years later and they've acquired a lithium project and are divesting their old assets. So they're always moving, like always diversifying and pivoting from one commodity to another, depending on what's in demand. Uh, and they're changing their names as well to reflect the new strategy, which can be really confusing. Um, uh, so in recent years, obviously, we've seen many mining companies pivot to battery metals away from other commodities. So we've got one example with IGO. Can you tell us more about that and how it's reflective of, the, of, of a wider trend with a focus on sustainability? Yeah, yeah. So IGO, which was previously called Independence Group, uh, they've recently transitioned to being a, a sustainability-focused mining company. Uh, they divested their stake in the Tropicana gold mine earlier this year, and they've become focused on clean energy metals. Uh, last year, um, for example, they announced acquisition of a stake in Tianqi Lithium, a Chinese company, and they have some lithium assets in, in Western Australia. And it also re- uh, recently announced a potential deal with Western Areas and other Australian nickel producer. Um, and it's notable because IGO is a big company. It's got a seven billion Australian dollars market cap. And Western Areas was worth around one billion. So this is a major deal and it's just kind of reflecting a, a big trend in this area. Yeah, and it's interesting to see mining companies, which are always kind of regarded as dirty companies in many ways, repositioning themselves as as clean companies or or sustainable companies. Can you run through some of the other companies that are involved in in this space and how they're transforming? Some of the bigger Australian battery metals miners uh, include Pilbara Minerals, Mineral Resources and Orocobra. Orocobra recently did a four billion Australian dollar merger with another lithium company, Galaxy Resources. So that's kind of more of a merger of equals. Um, BHP is another huge company that has nickel production, for example. I mean, these obviously always doing deals, but um, I wanted to maybe focus on some smaller companies that I've personally interviewed recently. And they're all, all doing interesting things that fit into this theme. So some names are Lithium Power International, Lepidico and Lake Resources. And they're more on the kind of, they're more developed, like like the tear down from these huge companies. But um, for example, Lithium Power, they want, so they're a, a mining company that wants to become a cathode or battery producer in the longer term by way of joint venture deals. Uh, Lepidico is is actually original, originally a lithium process technology company, but they integrated upstream by buying a company with mining assets in Namibia. Um, and Lake Resources is another lithium miner. They told me earlier this year that they're much more likely to do deals with downstream supply chain partners than other mining companies. Um, So these are a bit, you know, a few smaller companies that are doing kind of interesting stuff. Um, There's another company uh, called Vulcan Energy Resources that are are doing um, kind of direct lithium extraction in Europe. So it's it's an Australian Australian listed company, but they have um, lithium assets in Europe that they're kind of extracting, not by mining, but just like pumping out, pumping in, you know, water or whatever, and then pumping out the liquid and extracting the, the lithium. 
Um, and they're focused on, they're Australian listed, but focus, focusing on Europe because um, that's where the big demand is from auto manufacturers to kind of secure the, the supply of lithium and other battery metals. Yeah, because there's obviously a big, if Australia doesn't have any car manufacturing, then they've got to get anything that's made or, or mined in Australia to the, the car manufacturing hubs, which I'm guessing is, is quite a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Are you seeing a lot of outbound M&A relating to battery metals? Oh, um, yeah. So again, with mining companies, they're always doing deals and they're always doing M&A and, and it doesn't really matter Geography doesn't seem to matter that much. They're just looking for assets wherever they exist. So, for example, lake resources that I mentioned earlier, their assets are actually in South America. So they're uh, they're an Australian Australian listed companies, but they happen to have assets in in South America where they um, mine lithium. And I mean, this the same goes for any mining company. They might be headquartered and and listed in one one country, and then they just look for assets in whichever market where, where they exist. So it, it all depends on where the com- commodities are. So absolutely, there's always cross-border, lots of cross-border m activity. So it feels like there's a lot of moving parts. There is a lot of loads of activity in this space. Are you hearing from your sources that this trend is set to continue? Because it certainly sounds like it is. Oh, absolutely. And actually, I think we've only seen the beginning of this so far. It's it's in the earliest stages, really. And electric cars, they aren't going anywhere. There'll be, um, you know, this sector is just going up and up at the moment. And because of that, there'll be con- they'll uh, continue to be demand for battery metals uh, in the future. And manufacturers will continue to seek to secure supply. So this will continue to drive the strong M&A trend. Great. All right, Christelle, thanks very much. Uh, Thank you so much. That was Christelle Tunnell. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of DealCast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, check out our show notes. Join us next week for another episode. Thank you.